I love this story. From the very first time that I really understood it, I've loved it because it tells me that change is possible, that transformation is within reach, that actually change and transformation are on God's agenda for me, for you, for our church, for our community and for the world. That's why I love this story. Let's just dig into the story a little bit. First of all, it tells us that they were all together in one place. Who? Well, it's the group of 120 believers who we read at the end of last week's reading that they all gathered together after the ascension. What were they asking for as they gathered constantly together in prayer? They were asking for what God had promised, according to Luke 24, that they would be clothed with power from on high, according to Acts 1, that they would be baptised in the Holy Spirit, that they would be enabled to be God's witnesses in Judea, Samaria and throughout the earth. So they were all together in one place. It wasn't just the important. It was everyone who was part of that first church. I also love it because we're told that the Spirit reveals himself through violent wind. It's the, it's the, it's the noise of a rushing wind that sweeps through the place where they were praying. Why is that significant? Well, wind is obviously about power. It's obviously uh, obviously about God's might. But we also remember from the scriptures that it is the breath of life that God breathed into Adam and Eve. We remember in Ezekiel 37, it is the breath of God that comes and turns a whole heap of disarticulated bones into a mighty army. So we're reminded on Pentecost that God comes as breath, God comes as power to do what cannot be done, to help us do what we cannot do alone. Then we're told, all together in one place, the rushing wind, we're then told that flames of fire appeared in their midst. It's a a single fire to begin with, it then separates and comes and touches each of them. So it's a corporate experience before it's an individual one. It comes to them all together in one place and then touches them all. It's the fire of consecration. It's the fire of inspiration that the Holy Spirit brings to us. And then we're told that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a really, really simple image that they were filled. This is not wine tasting. They drank deeply. They were transformed. They were filled with God's presence. And then we're told that they were enabled to speak tongues, speak in tongues that they didn't understand. But when they went out into the streets around the place where they were meeting, Crowds gathered in bewilderment because although they'd come for the Feast of Pentecost from all around the known world, they heard these Galileans who actually did have thick northern accents in Israeli terms. They heard these Galileans with thick northern accents speaking the wonders of God in their own tongues. It was extraordinary that the gift of the Spirit enabled them to cross that bridge, that bridge, you know, cross that uh, chasm that, that language so often, often creates between us and culture and leap across that and enable them to speak uh, God's truth and God's wonders to people from all over the known world. So transformation and change is possible 
Why? Because they were all gathered together in one place, praying for what God had promised. And then because the Spirit comes in breath, in wind, in power, then the Spirit comes in fire to inspire and to consecrate. And then the Spirit fills us and enables us to do things that we can't ordinarily do. I love this story because it always reminds me that change is possible, transformation is within reach, and it's on God's heart as much as it's on mine. So what does all this mean for us today, apart from reminding us that change is possible, that transformation is within reach, and that both of those things are on God's heart for us? The first thing I think it reminds us is to allow the Lord to lead us in mission. We're not actually told in the text when they leave the room in which they're praying. We just know that they're carried out by the Holy Spirit into the, into the roads and the streets around, and they're full of joy, full of the Spirit, and they are proclaiming the wonders of God in lots and lots of different tongues. They allowed the Lord to lead them in mission. I often think about John 5.19 where Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing. So he was allowing the Lord to lead him in mission. Sometimes the Lord worked through him in ways he didn't understand, as when he healed uh, the woman who'd had the flow of blood for a long time. She reached a grasp at the hem of his garment. He knew that something had happened, but he hadn't consciously willed it. It's allowing the Lord to lead us in mission, to trust the prompting of the Holy Spirit. When we see something, when God draws something to our attention, we pursue it. Pentecost is about allowing the Lord to lead us in mission, to remember that he is the Lord of the mission and that we're just its servants. But we have to be watching, watching for what the Lord is doing around us and trusting to what the Spirit is saying within us. So it reminds us we have to allow the Lord to lead us in mission. How are you doing that at the moment? How is God prompting you? Are you open to hearing his prompting, uh, drawing you towards others and calling you maybe into new paths? How are you allowing the Lord to lead you at the moment? The second thing is asking for what God has promised. Remember that this happens in the context of 10 days of constant prayer when they gather together and they are asking God for what they knew had been promised. Jesus had said in Luke 24 that they were going to be clothed with power from on high. In Acts 1 he said that they were going to be baptised with the Holy Spirit. As John the Baptist has said right at the beginning that here was one who would baptise them with the Spirit and with fire. So we are asking for what God has promised. What does that mean? We're asking for empowerment. Of course we are. We're asking for healing. Yes, absolutely. We're asking for grace. Grace maybe to forgive others. Or maybe grace to seek forgiveness from others. We're asking perhaps for healing whether of body, mind or spirit. We're asking for healing of relationships. We're asking for provision. We are asking for what God has promised. So we should be bold in asking because we know that this is on his heart. From this moment in Pen and on that first Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit has never ceased to be poured out on the church around the world. The funny thing is, 
God has often seemed more willing to pour out the Spirit than the church has been to receive it. Remember I said, 120 were gathered. It wasn't just the important ones. It wasn't just the guys at the front. It wasn't just the apostles. It was the whole body of believers who received the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the presence of the Spirit. On each occasion in Acts, when we read that the, that the Spirit filled them, it filled them all. It didn't just fill the important. You know what? Why? Sometimes the important, sometimes the important are not willing to humble themselves to receive. Throughout the history of the church, often movements of the Spirit have happened at the margins, happened with those who without authority, without power, who knew that they needed God's presence and God's power. The whole Pentecostal movement, which began at Azusa Street, began on the wrong side of the tracks, with the wrong kind of minister, with the wrong kind of people, and yet spread throughout the world. Sometimes the important and the powerful are not willing to receive what the Lord longs to pour out. But we have to, particularly in this lockdown season and the seasons that will follow it as we recover, which might take some time as a culture, as a church, as a community, it might take some time to recover from these lockdown days. In these days we desperately know, we desperately know that we need to receive the Holy Spirit's presence and power. So ask for what the Lord has promised. Ask for it. Seek it. It was in the context of devoted, constant prayer that this pouring out started and it has never ceased. So we can still ask, even now, Holy Spirit, that you will come and fill us, come and empower us, come and renew our gifts, come and renew our vision, come and give us creativity, imagination and empowerment. That's what we need for this next season. We are asking for what the Lord has promised and that should make us very bold as we ask. So how are you asking at the moment for the Holy Spirit to come and bless and empower you? The third thing is we've talked about allowing the Lord to lead us in mission. We've talked about asking for what God has promised. The third thing is we have to say yes. We have to say yes to God's empowerment. Sometimes we just want to wine taste. We don't want to drink deeply. I was certainly a little bit like that when I started to sense that God's presence was around me at all. The first time was uh, when I was about 12 or 13 on a French exchange. I really didn't want to be there. I found myself in Holy Week on an evening at a, a lovely service that I really had my, had my French been better, I might have been able to more persuasively argue that I shouldn't have been there at all. But I was there and I felt something. But it was a long journey from feeling the presence of the Spirit for the first time to be able to say a bold yes, as I did many years later, about five or six years later, at a youth meeting when I said, Lord, here I am. Here I am. If this is you, because I was feeling the presence and power of the Spirit, if this is you, I want to receive everything that you have for me. So if you're tentatively stepping along this journey for the very first time, it's good to take small steps, it's good to say yes in a small way, but keep going. Wine tasting isn't the same as drinking deeply. Having a taste of chocolate 30 years ago is not the same as eating it today. 
having felt the breath and the power of, of the Holy Spirit on your face 40 or 50 years ago is not the same as feeling it today. The only day that we can obey is today. The only day we can be empowered is today. The only day that we can receive from the Holy Spirit to give to others is this day, these days now. So we need to say yes to God's empowerment. Going back to 2 Corinthians 1 again, we need to be comforted people so that we can comfort others. We need to be empowered people, people who know that change is possible, people know that transformation is within our grasp, people who know that those things are on God's agenda and God's heart for us and he longs to pour them out for us, for us and through us for others. We need to be people who know these things. We need to be people who know these things and receive God's presence, God's power, God's strength, love, grace today so that we can share them with others. That's what the heart of responding to God's love in this lockdown season is, is I think. It is receiving. I know it's always true. I know it's always true. Sometimes it's just not as obvious as it is today. We need to receive these things from our Holy, from the, our Father through Jesus by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. We need to receive them because actually we know that we're feeling weak. We know that we're feeling sometimes discouraged, a bit beaten up, a bit down. So we know that we're in that place of needing to say yes to God's empowerment, asking for what God has promised, allowing God the Holy Spirit to lead us in mission, but saying that yes. So you might be a little bit as I was in rural France in a little country churchyard thinking, gosh, gosh, the Holy Spirit might be real. Not sure how I feel about that. It's a journey from that place to saying as I did at that youth meeting, Lord, everything you have for me, if this is you, Please fill me, empower me. That changed my life. That kind of change is within your grasp, within my grasp. That kind of transformation is within our grasp today. But we have to say yes, yes Lord. Whatever is on your heart for me, I want to receive. Whatever is on your heart for those around me, I want to receive so that I can comfort them, so that I can encourage them, so that I can work with you in mission, Holy Spirit. So will we do that? Will we say yes to God's empowerment? Whatever it means, wherever it takes us, however it causes us to change, will we say yes? to God's empowerment, because that is why I love this story, because it reminds me day by day, change is possible, transformation is within our grasp, and change and transformation are on God's heart too. Let's believe that, and let's say yes, yes Holy Spirit to everything you have for us, whether it's the breath of power and life, whether it's the fire of consecration, of purity, of inspiration, whether it's simply the filling with God's presence, whether it's the transformation so that we can share together in the mission of God, will we say yes? Yes, Lord. Amen.